you don't need to be friends with the whole world. In most markets, 1% of people got to like you. That's it. Like, you don't need everybody to like you. I'm dominant in my market this year at 2.8%, which means the vast majority of people can't stand me. Or they don't know me yet or haven't met me or whatever. But quit trying to please everybody. Interact with your people. Like their little comments constantly and engage because you only need a couple hundred people to really endorse you and you're going to make a fortune. So this talk today is titled Social Capital. This is a social media presentation. But what I want you to see, the correlations I want you to make here is that, you know, you can build capital through social media. You can build revenue streams through social media, but it's like anything else. You're not going to get a return unless you first invest. You know, they say like people that can't do teach. So I've got somebody with me here who's going to add credibility to the conversation. So Colin, Colin is going to provide some real life examples of stuff that he's doing in his market. How is he applying this information and does it work? Because again, you guys don't want to do it unless I show you proof that it works. And even then you're like, I'm not really sold. So let's jump into it. But what I want you to see here is that your content that you post creates a digital footprint. Okay. If you're doing it correctly, your content has an evergreen component to it. Facebook has a shelf life unless somebody likes it and then it ramps it back up into the newsfeed, right? Blogs, videos, YouTube, this stuff has what we're going to call, we're going to get into in a second, the perpetuity effect. It's just out there working for you. But you need to give people something to follow, okay? It's like footprints in the sand, okay? It works through technology. It's like what Derek was saying, just that leverage component. So you can get more time back. You know, social media is like a free salesperson that's out there promoting your brand, you know, building your top of mind awareness, like all the time. Like, right, if you had blogs in place, if you had content that you posted this morning, if you had a YouTube channel that you feed, you have a Google My Business page that you feed, it's out there generating leads for you while you're sitting here, okay? But I know a lot of you, that's not happening, but it can start very quickly, okay? Anything to add there, Colin? I put an ad up for a billboard. So I put a billboard five and a half years ago before I was doing anything, even on Facebook. This was really when I was getting rolling, doing Facebook correctly. We have a guy in our market who's like the Alexander Shinner guy, y'all have. He's in our market too, because he's everywhere. And we have a, he's 329 Bill. And he's like, too many bills, call Bill. So I made a billboard cut his head off, put my billboard underneath his billboard that said, too many houses, 329 sold. That billboard gets mentioned to me once a month and shared at least two or three times a month on Facebook with our billboards on top of each other. That billboard was up for 45 days in 2015. Never ran it again. People tell me on the street, man, you have the best billboards around because they're seeing his stuff and remembering mine from four or five years ago, which is just awesome because I only had to pay for it for one month. Yeah, yeah, I just post it on Facebook or I'll like a comment that's, I think one of the posts that somebody else put up is in our little 28,000 city town is up to 11,000 shares or something because it went crazy and it followed because people just keep doing it over and over and over and over and over again. All right, tech equity. So this is important for those of y'all that are just getting started because like you want like realtors, like I've been picking on y'all a lot for a lot of different things, but one thing I forgot to pick on you about is this instant gratification piece that you need. Like everything's gotta be right now. Like Colin and I were talking about lunch. He's super hyper local and he's in a market. Like you guys, when you hear about his market, you're gonna go, man, I'm stupid blessed in my market. He's average days on market. In his market is 80 days. And how many pinnings do you have right now? 17. 17. Business is very hard to come by, it appears, in Columbus, Mississippi, all right? So if you're in Dallas, you're in Birmingham, you're in Nashville, I mean, come on. We're going like this is one thing I want to start doing is just squashing these excuses. It's unbelievable. So what did Amy say, Colin, about uh, engagement? This is the most important piece. If you've got 50 followers and you're not engaging with them, it doesn't matter if you're gonna have 10,000 or like Amy does, close to a million on TikTok if she doesn't engage. But what did she say? She spends an hour every day responding to everybody. I don't know if y'all remember her talking about that, but you don't need to be friends with the whole world. You know, you can be a dominant market. I mean, Justin Dyer is one of the few exceptions where you're getting a, somebody who controls eight or 10% of the market. But in most markets, 1% of people got to like, that's it. Like you don't need everybody to like you. I'm dominant in my market this year at 2.8%, which means the vast majority of people can't stand me or they don't know me yet or haven't met me or whatever. But quit trying to please everybody. Quit trying to interact with your people 
like their little comments constantly and engage because you know, you really only need as he just showed and his math was spot on by the way the beginning numbers there you only need a couple hundred people to really endorse you and you're going to make a fortune yeah and just on that just a real quick footnote on Derek's numbers you know we, we talk about that in our brokers all the time how the path is math but basically you can re-engineer your success or reverse engineer your success <laughs> so if, if you want to make $150,000 a year you just got the formula so if you're not making it you're not having enough conversations per day, right? You're not touching people enough. But one thing before we move on to the next slide is talking about Diana and the way that she engages on social media. So I know some of uh, y'all that heard her talk will now start kind of paying close attention to how she engages with people on social media. So if it's their birthday, and she said this, she told you what she does, the per formula for engagement on social media. If it's their Wedding anniversary, she just doesn't say congratulations. Everybody else is saying congratulations. She's not saying congratulations. She's providing one personal statement about that marriage or just being that person's friend or, you know, something, something that's between them, you know, that's personal. All right, so this is what Colin was talking about. One of the things to keep us on the sidelines when it comes to social media is we're trying to appeal to everybody, okay? Any Andy Frisella fans in here? This comes right from Andy. This is an Andy concept. Find your 50. You know, Andy understands that all the F-bombs he drops on his podcast are going to alienate, you know, half of his audience or half of his potential audience. But all he needs to make all the money he's making is 50%. Okay, so find your 50 and stop trying to appeal to the masses. You know, like attracts like. Most of the things you're hearing in this room are research-based. They're data-driven. We're not pulling this stuff out of thin air, okay? So this should give you some relief, right? Oh, gosh, I don't have to appeal to everybody. It can just be 50%. It can actually be a lot less than that, right? All right, two currencies of a relational economy, authenticity and service. This translates directly to this tech equity concept, okay? So, Colin, will you speak to these two points and first tell them, in terms of being a service-oriented real estate agent, what kind of accolades, what kind of awards are we talking about in terms of your success? Well, I'll tell them in two separate things. So the last 12 months, I'm at 103 closings. I don't have an administrative assistant. I have a photographer this year, which was a help. If somebody shows a house for me, we split the credit on MLS. So we're actually talking more like 120 deals. That was not normal. I've gone 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, and that's how I got to meet Jason was because seeking education. That's why I'm here isn't to speak, is the other stuff I learned this week. I'm the number one in our MLS by 25% this year to date. I'm the TV Realtor of the Year, the Dispatch, which is the Newspaper Agent of the Year. And we have, you know, a whole our whole area is 250,000 people when you include the whole thing. And I was a, our Association's Realtor of the Year. And I can tell you all that stuff's cool. You only need to do it once, which is good, because then you can run the ads forever, like the as seen on TV thing. I can tell you too, if you don't have a bigger goal, if you don't have a bigger why, nobody cares. Like if you don't have a bigger purpose, I was dropping my wife off at the hospital who had cancer two years ago. We're still recovering. She's finished chemo when COVID started. I dropped her off the hospital when I read the email, sorry, you couldn't make it to our realtor board. You know, they kept bugging me to go like, you got to go to the meeting today. I'm like, we both have COVID. My wife's sick. I had to leave her at the hospital to get treatment. And she had to stay two days the day I got the Realtor of the Year award. If you don't have a bigger goal in mind or bigger purpose other than money, it ain't gonna help you much at all. Gary Vaynerchuk, our buddy, don't act like you care, actually care. People will look with all that, we do a bunch of charity stuff, and I wanna explain to you where a lot of it started. We made a decision, we were originally from New Orleans, moved up from Katrina and moved to a little town, North Mississippi. It's 20 minutes away from Starkville, but the city itself's 25, 30,000 people. Cute downtown, and we, you know, you're not, you don't get invited to everything. Yeah, you live in Ross Bridge, you better throw the party yourself, you know. I texted my wife that uh, we had to throw uh, a wine party because Diana said so. And she's like, I'll allow it. So she's ready for that. But we were throwing parties at our house to meet people. And it was actually the day I put that billboard up. Because guess what happens if you copy an attorney's billboard? The billboard company wants you to get something from the attorney first, as Shannon Rod told you, because he'll sue you because he can write letters for free. So I went to his office and this guy, Bill Cunningham, he's like, well, you can do it for 45 days, but that's it. I want to sign off on approval. And I'm about to walk out and he's like, you're the party guy, right? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, we've had a few, you know, we two or three parties a year at our house. He's like, what's it cost to sponsor those? And I'm like, $250. I'm like nobody had ever asked us to sponsor a party before. <laughs> and that's that point in the movie where I walking out of there with the check that, that I realized that I had social credibility because we're doing 
doing these parties at her house and had a bowl that raised money from charity. And from that moment on, that party made $1,100. In those two weeks, I did it. Since then, the stuff at our house has raised over $100,000. That translated into me meeting the guy with the biggest restaurant in town who was already doing a few fundraisers. We started doing more, and now we're in the three, dollars $400,000 range over four years. I'm organizing the general overview, but we're getting better at them all the time because we're the guys that help people. We're doing something good. It's fun. We're helping out. And then, like, there's events that they just asked me to advertise the event, and that's it. And we talk about the authentic part of service. I know, especially for the ladies in the room, that when you see somebody, and I hope it's not you, but it could happen too, because you, you think about, you have that camera up here, and you're like, I went for two hours to the food kitchen today. God bless it. Bless mine. Everybody likes it, but in the back of their mind, they're like, okay, Judy, like I know what, we get it. Whereas if you bring that camera down and pick two or three people who are doing it, who are your friends or strangers, and just give them the credit for it, and keep doing that all the time, eventually you'll get credit for being there because you were there. And then you're promoting them and they like you and then it just keeps going full circle and getting bigger and bigger. I've been trying to get you guys to find correlations. So in terms of credit, which is what he was just talking about, are you gonna just, I just, I gotta get all the credit. What did Tim say about, I believe it was Tim, what did Tim say about stop selling houses, start focusing on your people? It's the same thing that Colin just talked about. Don't make it about you being there. Make it about everybody else who's being there. And the credit is just going to be organic, right? It's going to come your way organic, okay? So in terms of nuts and bolts and getting tactical social media, I'm going to give you two guides today. The first one is the Eddie formula. There's Cousin Eddie. Isn't that great? So educate, document, demonstrate, inspire, and entertain. So Colin, if you look at these bullet points, can you give me an example of each of those that you might turn into social media posts? Okay, well, just in the last three hours. So we had, our city had a budget crisis. They did the did the budget wrong, literally did the budget wrong, and he had to turn in the budget last night. I'm aware of a lot of the people in council. I go to the meetings, so I talked to the newspaper, read the newspaper article, rehashed it 10 minutes later, put it out. It's only a few likes. Sometimes it's six or seven likes, but what else was I doing? I was just sitting here. We had... in. I'm a big fan of the document, don't create. Another one, we had a grocery store in our area closing. I heard they were closing. I asked the general manager, he said, we're closing. They've been open for 80 years. I broke the story. Then the newspaper wrote the article. So I'm the source of that. As far as inspiring and entertaining, my wife had a great thing that happened when I really started rolling on just Facebook in 2016, where she, when I started doing video, and, and I mean this, I don't have a camera, the fancy camera, all that stuff. It's usually just short little videos like that. I have a closet full of podcasting equipment and cameras and lighting. If anybody ever needs them, my daughter used them occasionally because I sat there and had the analysis paralysis. I need this equipment. I need this app. I need this, 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 so I can get running and do it. And then I finally was watching the 600th podcast about making a podcast or whatever, or a video, and they said, uh, Dorothea Brand, is Dorothea Brand, you need to look her up, third best-selling author of the 19th, the 1900th, the 20th century, you never hear about her. Don't let perfect be the enemy of good, like quit getting stuck in that. So as soon as I started making funny videos, or just videos of me and doing something not intentional, just kind of talking, I get home and my wife is like, I've gotten more calls from my friends who always thought you were the most buttoned up serious person in the world. And I'm like, what? And she's like, they just think you're all kind of funny and everything. And for the longest time, so I didn't realize the first three years of my real estate career, everybody just thought I was big, big step. <laughs> I don't think that anymore. All right, so let's get to the prime document here. And, and this is hopefully gonna simplify things for you guys, because I, I feel like we get hung up on the creation part of it. So we were at a restaurant today and you started talking about gift card marketing. Can you tell the audience what gift card marketing is and how they can uh, implement it? This is again, not to get likes and shares for your page, but uh, I had done some things before, but never intentionally. Uh, when I went to go buy my silly smart car from this guy who owned a restaurant who was getting rid of it, I have a smart car that looks like a jet because we have an Air Force base in town. So, and I fit very nicely into my smart car. <laughs> I went to see him. This was at the peak of COVID last summer. And I said, how's it going? He's like, it's hurting. I just think people are thinking of the general economy and not understanding that local restaurants are just dying off. And, I'm, and I said, and that became the tag. I was like, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. You can do it at any level, but I bought five $20 gift cards from him and said, hey, we're going to have a contest from my business page. Mississippi has very strict rules on social media for realtors. So I have a Colin Krieger page, good for business with Colin Krieger, which barely talks about real estate ever. And then Colin Krieger, the realtor, which is just this and rah, 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 I work hard stuff. But I did that and had five $20 gift cards and said, hey, you, 
told the story. Mark Welch owns this, the barbecue place. They're suffering, they're hurting, he's not getting any PPP money. Can y'all support him? This guy called me today when I said we needed volunteers for our event Sunday. He's bringing his whole staff to this other restaurant that's his competition to run a fundraiser on Sunday. From the equity from that. That, in a in our little market, got 180 shares and like 500 likes. And he still has people that said, I wouldn't have known about it if it wasn't for that. Like that was sincere and awesome, great day thing. When we were at lunch today, and I'll have in weeks where I do it intentionally, and I've, sometimes you forget about it, but if you're going out to eat, especially town here where there's thousands of restaurants, we have 113 restaurants in our city as of February 1st. I know because I've done a story on every one of them. If you go eat there, find out who the owner is, which is gonna help you, because by the way, people who own restaurants are loyal, they have friends, usually pretty good income, or at least they're entrepreneurs. Take a picture of him with his waitress, say what a great job they did, even if they didn't do a great job, and just buy two $20 gift cards and give them away. Not to get likes and shares on your page, but to help him. And then you get his name, he'll follow you on Facebook or wherever, and then it just translates and it keeps rolling, and you become the authority on the local scene without having to overthink. I know some of the people this week are probably overwhelmed with the Instagram, and you gotta look too pretty, and I need the right camera and all that stuff. That's a photo on Facebook. That's all it is. And it's all about helping him and not helping you, but people realize you're there. Like they know it's you. And eventually like other restaurants were calling me like, how much does it cost to do that? And then I started explaining like, it doesn't cost anything. And then now every, anytime I do it, the restaurant adds money onto it. Like they will put in two $20 gift cards. I'm like, you're missing the point, but I'll take them, you know? That's just awesome. To think about how many restaurant owners we either know or respect because they provide great service and great food and we're struggling and we could have done something that simple. Going out to buy gift cards to send them business. And so this is what we're talking about here is law of reciprocity stuff. It's that giver's game. And we're gonna dive more into that. Demonstrate, there's tons of things you can do to demonstrate how to do something. That real estate related stuff, like how to prepare a seller. Mr. or Mrs. Seller, how do you prepare for a home inspection? So demonstrate how to do that. And it could be a whole video series of demonstrating how to do things. We talked at lunch about Airbnb, looking at what I call the Facebook golden brick. So what are the hot topics that you can put on social media that will immediately garner engagement? So people want like deals, all right? This is a great investment. Foreclosure, Airbnb is huge. So if you're into Airbnb, try this. Get the Airbnb logo, make a post, talk about hosting an Airbnb workshop, whether it's virtually or in person, and just see what kind of engagement that brings. All right, law of reciprocity, we covered that. So here's another uh, acronym that you can use. This is actually uh, our core values for our Coast and County franchise of JPAR, and it's to learn, earn, give, and serve. And so this just happens to work as a great social media strategy or business plan. It's just super easy. But you're gonna be documenting yourself learning, which I've been trying to encourage many of you to do today, because that's important for people to see that. Uh, document yourself earning, and then the whole point of this learning and earning is to give and to serve. And so you're documenting yourself doing that. And Jonathan Garrett is, what is he now, babe? Is he your regional regional somebody at Movement? He's the boss of your boss. So he came up to Birmingham a couple years ago and did a talk, and Jonathan Garrick is like embodies intentional congruence on social media. You can't tell where his work start, stops and his life starts and vice versa. It's just all totally intertwined. But he dates his kids. And he was going on a daddy-daughter date night and he had one of his haters in his comments say, you, you're just constantly using your kids to get more business. And so that's a valid concern, right? Like people say, well, I don't want to be on social media because I don't want to toot my own horn. Right? I hear that all the time. But Jonathan said, if I can inspire one dad that follows me on social media to take their kid on a date, I win and that hater loses. So think about that. If Colin can inspire somebody else in their market to do what he does in terms of service, you know, like when people get sick in his market or they pass away and the kids are left there to fend for themselves or the wife and kids are left there to fend for themselves, that Colin's who they call to organize the fundraiser. He's like, we're going to talk about make money, save money, solve a problem as well. And, we're, and, and he's who they call to solve a lot of problems. And he's like, well, they should be calling the local legislator or something. All right, so learn, earn, give, serve. That's a gift that I'm giving to all of y'all today. Uh, we were at a real estate conference. It was Agent 2021. And there was a big time real estate investor. I mean, this lady, like, 
she's got a lot of capital. And she said very plainly, she said the real estate agents I choose to hire are the ones that help me make money, save money, or solve a problem. And it was really, really powerful. Because she's like, real estate agents, they want my business, but when I go to them and go, hey, where's my ROI? Where's my ROI opportunity? They don't know. They don't have one. But tell us about people calling you to solve problems. I think my proudest moment from marketing, and this was two or three years ago, we have the busiest Air Force training base in the country. Unfortunately, it's only 2,000 people, but by hours they fly a ton of flights. So they were having like a, where's my boy, like Luke Bryan or somebody like that, playing at the base for July 4th. And I go, I'm on the Military Affairs Committee and the Base Community Council, and I'm always, anything on the base I'm promoting on my personal page and sometimes on my business blog. Because of the rules, I'll leave something, you know, and that always, doesn't always make the real estate blog. So we're putting that out there. They're having the meeting the night before for the meeting, one of their 100,000 watt generators breaks. I don't know what it is. I don't even cut my own grass. I can't help you. The Colonel, the whole base, all them meet, all the higher ups, they finish the meeting and Colonel's assistant calls me at nine o'clock at night, the night before, and she goes, we can't get a 100,000 watt generator because we're the government. And your name kept coming up can you help us out? And I hung up the phone, we're coming home from dinner, and my wife's like, you idiot, you can't, you can't, like I said, start the lawnmower, do anything. How are you gonna help? I'm like, it's not that I can help, it's that they think I can help. They could have called the governor, or the mayor, or anybody else, they called Colin, I was so proud. And I did solve the problem, because I knew the guy who ran our Columbus Light and Water, because I stick my head into city council meetings and other things like that, and just real quick take a picture. So there's days where I go to Rotary and Kiwanis, stick my head in, take a picture of the speaker, take a picture of two people in a crowd, say how great they are, go to the next one, go to the chamber ribbon cutting, and then stop by city council, get the agenda, take a picture of a public works guy getting an award, and then go home and eat dinner with my kids. But it established, establishes me with all those folks, plus I've made them happy. Like, that's been my day. All those people are like, got a little exposure. Their day's better, my day's better, and then I'm a perceived expert, and eventually became one because now I can call the mayor and go, hey, what's going on with this budget? And he'll tell me, you know, it's a nice, easy. I think this is a new, like teachable moment here. Like we can come up with this concept about, I mean, it almost sounds like what you're talking about as a networking potline. Yeah. I mean, you're not staying for the whole event. You're going in, shaking a few hands, getting a few pictures, and then you're out because place a priority on quality time with your family. And then they also when I leave, they're like, man, that guy's busy. He's always going places. But it helps with the probably 95% of here. Like, even I am not great. I haven't been to that side of the room and met y'all. I'm not phenomenal at that part. I don't get nervous in big spaces or anything like that, but it's hard to meet strangers, you know? It's real easy to meet them when they come up to you and go, are you that Colin guy? And you're like, hey, I'm that Colin guy or whatever, and then you do it. But every single interaction I have, I try to wake up in the morning and look towards, like, how can I help them? How can I make those people better? And if I share a hundred of them on Facebook, one of them eventually is going to come to me to buy a house, probably. Uh, identify how people can avoid, prepare, and solve problems. So being the person that has the solutions. Tim said it, they, people ask other people for advice, but it's the experts that get paid. The experts have solutions to problems. I think real estate agents need to recognize that a lot of their job description is to be a problem solver, to offer solutions. And when you encounter, uh, we had, I was on a coaching call with one of our agents uh, a couple days ago, and he was talking about, we were trying, to, he wants to grow his business. So I wanted to identify the, the aspects of his business that he liked the most. And one of the comments he made kind of stuck with me. He said, I love real estate because no transaction is the same. It's just different. It's not mundane. So that is going to create, like, or actually serve content ideas on a silver platter where is a situation like for diana it would be they save a lot of loans like people send diana and carissa loans that other people can't do and they can't always make it happen right but it's like 99.9 percent .9 of the time so she's going to get that reputation in the marketplace as a problem solver they also have tools and products and movement that make it easy for them to do that so that's something that is great content Doing something that others can't do, I think that's pretty cool. Don't use social media and your personal network as an ATM without first investing in people virtually and personally. One thing I wanted to mention about this too. All right, so let's say Colin makes one of his posts. 
and there's no comments, but you said he made one, there's like five or six likes, right? Yeah. What if you just re-engage with those people through a PM and said, thank you so much for liking my post. You probably don't know this, but you just exposed my brand or my post or my message to all of your followers. And that really helps my business. Gosh, I appreciate you. They're not commenting on it, so they're not giving you something necessarily that's concrete to engage with. So you're just taking that extra step and creating an opportunity. And they're going to be like, wow, I helped your business just by liking your post. Yeah, and I'm grateful for it. Okay? Engagement is the road that leads to a sale. Bradley Flowers. I wish Bradley Flowers was here. He did. But let's talk about this. Colin, do you make it a point to engage with people on social media? Constantly. And that was one of the posts I posted this morning. J.D. McKay, who's a musician, DJ in town, was the only person to share this thing for a fundraiser that we needed volunteers. And I messaged him like, bro, appreciate you again. See you Sunday. Anything I can do to help you with your job. Took him like two hours. He looked at it. He's like, well, by the way, we're doing something Saturday for the big Market Street Festival. Do you think you could come out and take a picture? That's it. And to him, that's awesome. That's great. We interacted. I helped him. I'm going to be there anyway. I put a little alarm in my phone to go see him when he's on stage because his boss got a, a good gig. He's on stage at this event. If I put that out there and say how awesome they're doing today, then it's going to make him look good to his boss which is a close second and third to children and puppies, is making other people look good in front of their bosses. Because there's half the world is self-employed insurance agents and realtors, and the other half work for other people that we can help them, even if it's only four or five likes, build them up and make them look better to their boss. That helps a lot uh, with a lot of people and goes a long way. Because nobody goes and visits you. Anybody over, I think everybody here is probably under 30, but anybody over 30 will remember like people used to get flowers and cookies and stuff when they got a promotion at a job or switch jobs you never see that anymore you barely get a like people don't even go like it's my first sometimes it'll be like first day at the new factory or first day there man i look for that like a hawk every morning and i have friends who'll send that to me to be people i don't even know and i'm like well let's bring them something or i'll bring the balloons to my friends so they can bring them to their friend and i get tagged in it everybody's happy makes you had a wonderful day you're doing something nobody else does and you don't have to overanalyze it you know you don't have to sit there and think too much and that the buffini app that he mentioned uh, last time is real good for that brian buffini has a thing called referral makers like 20 bucks a month i put as i was telling them all my active whatever eleven thousand contacts are in my remax system as soon as they're done and i know they're going to recommend me they go into a completely separate thing this referral maker deal which is just past client touches the stuff that's erased from here now and my wife and I manage that together. It's on two iPads. I take one to work. I don't bring it with me on a day like today. And then she'll either text me or message me, call these five people today, which it tells you to do. You know, my top 11 people are responsible for almost 20% of my referrals. 11 people. So, I mean, I visit those people every month. Like one of my friends said, you know, like looking for advice on a smoker or barbecue pit. Dude, he's giving me an average of three referrals a year for five years. He had a $300 Weber barbecue pit at his house that afternoon that I bought, bought from the local hardware store, made a post about them, about how they carry great Weber stuff and are super awesome. He basically thought it was from them. It still didn't matter. I hooked him up, and then he posted a picture, Larry Collins, awesome, blah, 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 blah. But, like, it was a sincere, awesome thing. It made me feel good. He definitely deserves it, and then everybody's happy. Uh, I wish the agent was still here this morning that I went up and talked to personally, asked her because she wasn't here on day one, asked her what her biggest training needs were. She recognized social media, and she actually made the statement. She goes, I do not like social media. I do not like it, okay? What I just heard Colin say is that he searches through his newsfeed like a hawk to find areas and people in his community to serve. So if you don't like social media, it's going to be a little gut butt, then you don't like to serve. And if you don't like to serve, do you deserve to gain? Question. All right. The other thing I wanted to point out was I hear this excuse from AIDS all the time. I don't have time. And what you're... Listening to you like talk, it was like it was wearing me out a little bit. It's like, God, I'm kind of exhausted. But you are a single agent doing a very impressive volume. What's, what do you think your volume is close volume is going to be for 2021? 25 million. 25 million single agent. Your wife as your part time assistant? Just for the past client care, and she helps with the parties and stuff. Yeah. She does all kind of great stuff uh, with the kids. <laughs> yeah. 
she's uh, organizing a wine party now that she thought about. So. Yeah, that's going to be yeah. awesome. So is Susan in. She's going to start a wine club in her community. Can you speak to that just for a second? That, 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 so, that I don't have time. That social media requires too much time. I'm not unorganized. I'm deliberate. You're going to usually see posts from me at 7 and 9. And all apologies to everybody else was up here, but I was in such a small market that I thought I'm going to go five years as hyper local as I can so I can make enough money that if I want to become a bigger celebrity or whatever I can. I'm enough of a celebrity in our town that people consistently ask me to run for office or run for mayor or thanks for all the good you do, which is great. I got into real estate because I didn't know what real estate agents did all day. I still haven't figured it out. Like I was flipping houses and nobody would call me back and I was willing to be dedicated to one agent, people would blow me off constantly. So I got into real estate sort of out of spite. I still don't know there's agents in my office, every other office that have one or two deals going on over time. And I think that they're allowing, which I believe in business, all stress is from procrastination. I make bad, horrible phone calls every day. Like you lost your deal, you did this. I've, every break I've gotten up, I'm like I gotta break somebody's heart today, you know? And it sucks, but I've gotten them prepared for that. As far as time management, I do go in early in the morning. I'm a 5.39 guy rock and roll it and then I can go out on town and shake babies and kiss hands in the last since <laughs> so we started we started our little run of turmoil which is the most interesting part and we have documented and it's been part of the sharing experience so last year with January with COVID the previous January we started off the year with a bang uh, my wife and kids got in a real bad car wreck broken bones my wife stayed overnight at the hospital we came back a week later my mother passed away a week later my wife had emergency gallbladder surgery then on the night of our big arts gala that me and the wife were completely cheering and running, the tornado hit our town and destroyed like 100 houses. But we had a great event it was because we had the symphony orchestra we played in the dark with candles. Then my buddy's restaurant who was doing the fundraiser burned down a day after my wife's birthday and two days after she found out she had breast cancer. Then we went through chemo. We had to travel all over the state to go see different doctors. She finishes chemo, ring the bell while I'm with Jason Will down at a conference in March that Amy Barton Cotney recommended a little while ago, which was the day COVID started. So we couldn't go out and about because, as I say, I might have a different worldview of this whole pandemic if my wife couldn't die from the common cold. Since then, she's had three major surgeries, has one more to go, and we still go on four weeks of vacation a year. I'm at home with my kids when they're not playing volleyball, soccer, 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 dance, and volleyball every night. Like tonight, she's got all three kids. By the way, 14, 12, and almost 10-year-old girls. That's a lot of stuff to do, and we Dinner with the kids almost every night. We're disciplined with that. Like, there's so much time in the day. I mean, I, again, I'm juggling, as they say, 17 deals now. Should I get a transaction coordinator? I think so. Like, it, it isn't as much me letting go. The reason I met Jason is because I was followed one agent to a conference because he was doing 100 deals by himself and he did have an assistant. This sounds horrible. I was stuck at 55, 60 deals. I felt that way. And I was like, oh, I want to see how to get more. Well, a lot of times you get blown out and hear all the information from a team that sells 200 or we do 180 deals and you find out there's 12 people. Now I can learn something about teams from that person, but I'm not gonna learn anything about the actual detailed day-to-day -day stuff of how, how much one person can do before you freak out. Now it's been a lot easier this year doing a whole bunch of deals because every listing sells. In the end of 2018, we were 180 days in the market when I did 61 deals and listed 50 houses. So only half those 50 houses sold. That is a lot more work. Like we have 50% government back loans. So we do, all we're doing is repairs. Like I have five home inspections that I'm working through this week. That sucks. It's a different pressure than y'all have here or in Orange Beach where you got to fight maybe harder for every listing. Like I, in new agents now, it's tough as all heck to, to get a listing. But since you don't have any listings, what are you doing all day? Like are you getting out and shaking babies and kissing hands or going to meet? I, I'm so excited just driving up the strip here. I'm like, man, I could just go to this restaurant and this bit and just take pictures of other people all day long. If you just spent four hours doing that, you, if you delayed the content, you'd have a whole two weeks of content in one day. All those people would love you and work out. I think you'd eventually work out. The excuses wear me out. And I think listening to just this laundry list of adversity that you've gone through over the last couple of years, you have the authority to look an agent in the eye and go, stop. Stop with how you look, how you sound, where you're from, you're too redneck, whatever. Just stop. Well, I always throw in the caveat, too. Your goal doesn't have to be selling 100 houses a year. There's an agent in our market. She is the little old lady with the cat in Mississippi State. And to date, she has, she's been to eight closings, 16 sides, because she ain't working with us. I mean, she's 
$400,000 average. She's gonna make 100 grand this year and go to 10 closings. She's earned that over 40 years, but I've seen young agents come into a market and go, I just wanna do this neighborhood. I wanna throw a wine party at Ross Bridge and just dominate that. It's there, 75% agents are gonna burn out. I know the cowboy likes it when I say this, but I am nice to every realtor in our MLS. Statistically speaking, any forward-facing sales job, 60% of people burn out over three to five years. Car sales is the highest, insurance is next, realtors are all over the place depending on how good or bad the market. Be nice to everybody and learn from other people because I've listed four houses this year that have sold from people who worked for other offices. They're there, they're, all, they're still part of the community, they're not going anywhere. And I'm not from our community even though I've been there 16 years, like I'm from there now. That's our post every once in a while. But like I can't beat Again, your sister, your brother, whatever like that, you know. I just say, look, I can't beat your sister. Just tell everybody I'm awesome. That would really help me out. And then what is this thing you got going on with, with Make Positivity Louder? At Sloss Tech here in Birmingham. So they have Sloss Fest, and then they have Sloss Tech, which was a tech conference. I know it got messed up by COVID. So I, I lucked out in my mind and hit Gary V about five years ago. And I, I got him on Twitter, bugged him, bugged him, bugged him. He liked one post I had as soon as he liked it. I had an email ready and I direct messaged him and emailed him and all five of his assistants who I had been following on Twitter and building up. D-Rock, Ty Schmidt, India, all these people had been like, you're awesome, you know, sharing all their stuff everywhere. So when the email went through, he read it. And I said, um, he's four days older than me. I said, I'm the same age as you. When I was in high school, I used to repackage potato chips and sell baseball cards and blah, blah, blah. It's a real sincere letter. I'll be stage right when you come to the, in Birmingham, I mean in Atlanta, which was six months before that. I said, I'd love two minutes with him. I got an hour with him. He follows me on Twitter. That's an incredible value. He's responded to five things. We're meeting at the Jets game, Saints game in December this year. That's an incredible value. The story of it was, it took me seeing somebody my age giving me a functional thing to do with social media. He knows enough about Gary Vee that he could watch my Facebook feed in 2015 and find the day that I talked to him in the day. Like the post went completely the different. And Gary Vee's got a lot of stuff that's, he's gotten so much bigger, not all of it is useful. Not all, I still don't understand NFTs. He cusses a lot, that's cool. Anyway, we, went, we were at Sloss Tech uh, and he had a real famous speech where they took a whole bunch of cuts out, but we had talked before the event, after the event. By the way, I stood like an idiot, and my daughter and my brother, whose tech people hate it, but this guy, Andy Grignon, who's one of the guys that literally started the iPhone, one of the original guys, like the real guys. I sat next to him just talking because he was just a, another chubby 45-year-old guy, probably worth a billion dollars. We're friends on Twitter, too, and I'm like, at the end of it, he's like, I wonder who all these people are waiting for. I was like, I think Gary Vee's signing something. He's like... Uh, that's for me, because it was all those kind of guys. But anyway, in that course of that conversation with Gary, we were talking about that's where he, he coined the phrase, and I actually had somebody in my market contacted Gary V's company and said, you stole this from Gary V. It's Make Positivity Ladder. It's on my, my little car, it's on all my stuff. To which they responded with an email from Gary V saying, this started in a conversation at Sloss Tech in Birmingham with my friend Colin, and I was like, Oh, he remembers who I am. That's the most useful thing about Twitter for me and a bunch of these, you can get to people. Like you can have conversations with all the speakers that came here. I got to go to his, which I consider the most unreasonable conference ever. It was so beautiful, I love you people. They had a monster conference in New Orleans two years ago with really five of the top 10 speakers that I could have dreamt of me. And Tom Ferry was there and I was able to walk up to Tom Ferry and talk to him and discuss things with him, tell him how much I didn't like some of his agents. And, but I mean, I had a sense, and now like, you know, he's retweeted me and commented on Facebook. And then I can tell the difference when it's him and his team. And like, you can get to these people because I need examples of people my age doing it. Like, you know, that's the challenge why I haven't jumped on TikTok. Number one, it's overwhelming when you hear all the stuff that's happening here today. And you're like, I got to do this and post this and do this and do this, do this. I am extremely just documenting. Like there's no fancy cameras. And I leave here and I'm like, I have a book written, I never put it out, but now do I need it? And that's part of what I came to the conference for is because I don't want to plateau. I need to figure out, do I want to do, you know, continue to do 100 deals a year? No, I'd like to get to 60 higher deals. Do you want to farm everything out or do you want to farm it out to a team? Do I want to run a team or do I want a brokerage? Like all the, did Van leave yet? He heard the brokerage part. But uh, do I want to do that? I don't know, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Like, but I like doing what I'm doing. I like being, if I can be in my little town and make serious money and, you know, our tithe is to the community. We give our 10% directly 
to the community. And as I told him earlier, if I owned Google, or if I owned even a moderately big company, I'd sponsor 10,000 soccer teams, like one at a time. Like that's what I would do. Cause you can make such a big impact just doing these little $200 things. So much better doing a pizza party for one of your clients' soccer teams. Like just you show up with the pizzas at the game. You know, find out from the coach if it's cool, but like just show up. Like, I mean, that hundred bucks. And then when you pick up the pizzas, take a picture and say how awesome the owner is. And then he'll start try to give you the pizza eventually when you get to that level, you know? And then again, it makes you happy and it's the right thing to do. So let me give you a simple homework assignment that you guys can do. Like right when you get back to your markets or tomorrow, really, uh, when you start your work day. But you can start thinking right now of five people in your target market that are influential to you in some form or fashion. So it could be politicians, school teachers, business owners, uh, somebody who's a self-made millionaire in your town or your city. You can send them a message directly from their business page on Facebook because you know you say like, well, I'm not their friends or I don't follow them or they don't follow me. But they, they, if they own a business, they've got a page. Or maybe you know somebody that knows them. But reach out to them and start by stroking their ego. Tell them how much you respect their business, how much, how great their coffee is. They got the best burger in town and you love it. And you just love to sit down. You admire them so much that you'd love to just be able to sit down with them and have a cup of coffee. While you're at that coffee appointment or lunch appointment, get out your phone, take a selfie, hold up your cup of coffee, right? And then the rest of the appointment is you just asking them questions about themselves. How they get it, how they start this business. Why do they want to be an entrepreneur? What do they think sets their business apart? What's something they, their current self now would say to them, you know, their prior, their younger self? Like, what advice would they give? And just take pages of notes, okay? Then go home and formulate a Facebook post based on that interview. Tag the coffee shop. Tag the person that sat down with you for the interview. And write a nice, long, just glowing testimonial about this person and who they are. You know, it's get to know Bob Jones. Okay, and you could have this. This is going to be a series. All right, I did it, you know, with the playoff on my word with my name, Jason. So join Jason for coffee. And so it's just this whole thing and it just starts taking off. But you've got this nice long Facebook post that could be a blog. And so then we start to tap into the perpetuity effect, which we're going to get to somewhere along here. Uh, the three C's of connection, curiosity, uh, communicate, empathy and common ground. Uh, I think that's pretty self-explanatory. Social capital is a community, not a following. This just speaks to the fact that people are so obsessed with their followers. And the goal here is not to get followers. The goal is to create a community of people that know, like, and trust you. You know, like, and trust them. You support each other. You have each other's back. I mean, people are reaching out to Colin because he's kind of the community guy. Right? He's established himself. I mean, that's his brand. I love the community. Anybody going through a hard time, anybody need anything, if I can't solve it, I'm going to work my tail off to try to find somebody who can. Um, so the perpetuity effect, if it goes on a blog, does anybody know like why you blog? Like How do people find blogs? Google. Google. So Google crawls the content, right, to see if what you have written is relatable to the people that are using that platform to search for stuff. Okay, so it's just out there working for you. If people... Google certain subdivisions in my market, my blog pops up. If people are Googling that coffee shop and you have a blog about that coffee shop, you know, it's that Join Jason for Coffee that the main purpose of that appointment was to shine a light on this business owner, this influential person. But a piece of that might be like, hey, just a quick shout out to Ken's Coffee for just, you know, having baristas that always have a smile on their face. The coffee's always hot and it's just reliable. You can be found for those certain things. If you say, like, I hate social media or I'm not techie, listen, I'm not techie. Go ask the lady in the, in the, in the cheetah print back there. Ask her if I'm techie. But I know how to use technology, like Derek was saying, for leverage. It's out there feeding my team leads right now because I've written the blogs. I'm feeding the Google My Business page. I'm feeding my YouTube channel. I'm constantly posting on social media. It's once or twice a day without fail. Sometimes it's way too much, way more than that, which is too much. But like I get pumped up about sharing content 
because I know that it's valuable and I know it's going to create engagement. So you may hate technology, but why don't you fall in love with the fact of what it can do for you and your business, how it can feed your why. Why did you come here? Why did, some of you drove a great distance to be here. Some of you got on planes to be here. Why did you do that if you're not willing to use all these tools at your disposal to create a life by your own design, whatever that is? You know, I've, I've talked to so many people that have gotten into the real estate, they've gotten in, they've gotten out. I mean, I, talk, I had one guy that wanted to join our team who called, he was a uh, alumni caller. He called the, all the alumni from Auburn University begging them for funds, donations. And I was like, oh, this guy's going to be good. He's going to crush it. I mean, it lasted like a few weeks. You know, he just didn't have it. He, didn't, he couldn't get past the fear of picking up the phone. I was like, dude, are you that far removed from your college self? That should be in your DNA by now, right? There's one thing you mentioned at uh, lunch, and we'll close on this, and I appreciate y'all's patience and attention, but you talked about, in terms of your brand, you mentioned this at lunch, a legacy brand, a legacy brand, and I really feel like that's what you're establishing. You're establishing a legacy brand on social media if you stop posting. Like, there's no more post after, like, right now, stop. You cease to exist on social media. You're going to be missed. But you're also, that legacy is already left. It's going to be out there working for your family, for your kids. Oh, you're Colin Krieger's kid. He was a great guy. Did a lot to support my community, or our community. Okay, so again, I wasn't from the city. I mean, I li I'd lived there for a while, but I wasn't the guy. I didn't have family. So, what? you know, there was no, too much of a sphere of influence. Half of my immediate sphere of influence had a relative or somebody else they already knew in real estate. So what I decided to do is like, well, I know a lot of people in the business community or whatever, and uh, you can buy 50 cookies at Walmart for $5 at the time. They're like $6.50 now. I'm deep into the research with that. My wife's been research. My wife has been preparing for this wife, this wine event forever. So she's very excited about that. So what I'll do, and it's something that I actually bring up at listing appointments. I honestly, at this point, most of my listing appointments aren't competitive. I did have somebody last year tell me that the other agent they talked to in January, this was in January, said, uh, I, I know you're the marketing guy, but you don't have any designations. And another agent told me you weren't serious about your career. And I said, well, how long do you have till you list your house? She's like, eight weeks. I'm like, I'll be back. And I told her, eight weeks, $5,000, and nine designations and certifications later, either these things are really hard to do, I'm insane, I spent almost $5,000 getting them and haven't seen my family in eight weeks, or... I'm insane, they cost $5,000 and they're not that important. The truth is in there somewhere between, but now I have a whole bunch of letters after. To go back to the cookie thing. So during a listing presentation, if it's competitive, even if it's not, I'll tell them. By the way, I go to listing presentations. This is horrible for a lot of people here, completely unarmed. That's the word I tell them. I send them the contract, pre-filled out on DocuSign before I go with no list price, because I can't do a CMA till I know if their house smells like cat or not. I send them a video that tells them all this stuff. I ask them 10 or 15 questions so I know if I'm going to see an engineer or the, a lot of the Air Force guys are engineers or Top Gun. Most of them are Top Gun. If they're engineers, I keep a big folder and I throw it to them and tell them to walk away when I get in the door and they can look at national real estate statistics. But I tell them, I said, most people just put your house in the MLS and pray. Some of them actually use a photographer, but other than that, they're not doing anything. The reason you called me is because you've seen me everywhere. Well, here's what you don't understand what I do. I take your listing, and if it's a, wherever it is on the thing, and I pick a small listing, like in our market would be 80 to 130,000, a medium 180 to 250, and then 450 and above. Do you know where people like that who reside for those strata are? Every dang business in the world. Doctor's offices especially. So I get some cookies. I wrap them up in a little foil thing. By the way, don't put that in the microwave at Remax Partners. This blows up. Uh, there, you butt, warm up a couple trays of cookies, put them in my little magical box. If you're tight for time, I'm just saying that the engine block of a 2014 white Honda Accord is very warm. Wrap up the cookies. Don't claim that you cooked them or anything. Bring them in. You got your business card taped to the cookies, doctor's office, three flyers. Put the first one on the front, the cookies on the front desk because she runs the show or he. That person runs the show. Works at lawyers' offices everywhere else. Leave it there say, hey, I've got these flyers. I said, this might be something you're interested in. Are there any nurses around? I want to take a group picture to promote y'all. Here's my card, here's my little business blog, or whatever. I take a picture of them. My business blog, other than in the description, legally saying I'm a realtor, never talks about selling houses. 
I take the picture of their office, say how amazing they are, the nurses come out, that whole group, all those people follow me. This happened when I knew nobody. Those are five new friends on Facebook. I'm sincerely coming to there. Somebody always asks me what I'm selling. I've got the house the front desk person afford, the one the nurses and administration can afford. Can you bring this full color flyer back to the doctor? Doctor usually doesn't come out, but years later I've heard like blah, blah, blah. Well, guess what? They're eating the cookies, they're happy. I've promoted them. Sometimes I buy local cookies. It made me feel good. It made them feel good. And guess what? They see I'm working and at least trying. Like at least I'm doing something. Now here's the super secret secret. You know who your listings are, right? You've met them, you've talked to them. Find out where their family and friends work on Facebook. The people who interact on their thing. And guess which businesses you should go to first? Those, because their brother's gonna call them and tell them, man, that dude Colin was over here, he brought us cookies. He had your flyer for your house, he's out doing it. And when we were 180, 200 days on the market, I was doing that every week because at least they knew I was doing something. I'm interacting the community. Again, even if the restaurant's not good or I don't know if you have a bad doctor, but you know, you made all them feel good and it makes you feel good. And you go home and you're like, well, I did something today because I get anxious agent syndrome. My broker loves it. I came back from COVID in August, forgive me for saying this, and only had five pendants. And he's like, yeah, he's like, yeah, keep, keep your whining up. But I mean, I was like, dialing for dollars, calling all my friends, everything. And, you know, I, luckily I got back up to where I'm now and felt a little better. But that's the lowest I'd been in almost two years at a given time was five. I'm thinking like, I'm gonna have to pull my kids from school. There's no vacation, cancel the pool table. I didn't cancel the pool table. But like, I get that nervous. I get, a, we are in a gloom and doom business. It's hard to break that cycle, even as much as I've made this year. I feel more confident we go on vacations. It's not that thing, but some of that pressure is good. If, you, if you're, you're already at this conference, which puts you in the 1% of agents that care about education. Like Jason's big conference in New Orleans should have had 2,000 agents at it. It should have. Big market, plenty of advertising. Most of them don't care. Most of them get to a certain level where they think what we do selling the houses has a lot to do with themselves. I'm sure you know a lot of agents who are like, and I've gotten there some, you know, I'm great too, you know, everything's wonderful. And there's some houses that sell themselves and some are impossible. The closings where we provide our value. And I spend most of my time, what I learn at these events is setting expectations for my clients. Is I send them a video when we start, I bring up another one. This agent's a pain in the butt. Your house is atrocious. It's gonna take, you're not getting what you think out of the house. You know, this is gonna happen, then the home inspection's gonna come and you're not gonna sleep for one night. It's gonna be horrible. By the way, this home inspector, you know your name. This home inspector, when he sees an ungrounded outlet, which is like a $20 repair, he actually has a picture of a baby getting electrocuted. <laughs> I said, but it's a $20 fix, so don't get nervous. And when you set those expectations, especially if you send a video or an email, guess what happens when they bring it up and if they're mad at you, you can be like, as you remember from my email, this was gonna happen and it happened. Unfortunately, I have to keep thinking of new things since I've had a client who got arrested by the FBI the day before closing and some other things. But the more deals you do, the more interesting people you meet. I'm glad Diana brought that up because it just reminded me that we have a really great podcast that we did together on impactagentpodcast.com. Uh, so is Amy Cotney is on there and Glenda Baker is on there. So there's another homework assignment. So thank you all so much for coming. I appreciate it. Safe travels back home, wherever that may be, and uh, we'll see you next time.